Katia Zidenko. I'm an independent researcher and producer in culture, which includes archives, museums, educational projects, etc., etc. Well, it's kind of hard to explain what I do, but basically, I help people learn. This is this is what I uh, guess, which is the shortest way to describe it. But yeah, I help people learn and I create learning experiences and I really like potatoes. Blanca, can you tell us about yourself? Sure. Um, so I usually start any introduction of myself saying I'm Serbian, but I grew up and I lived for 20 years in Moscow, in Russia. And then I lived for 10 years in uh, San Francisco, in California. And somewhere in between, I also lived uh, briefly in Paris. <laughs> um, and now I am living for the first time back in my hometown in Belgrade. Um, and in terms of like what I do or did, I am... A marketer at first, so I worked for more than 13 years uh, in marketing and I was leading up multiple teams. Um, I first started in a larger corporation, then slowly moved my way down to two startups. And I was a CMO of uh, multiple early stage startups. And then I also had my own startup uh, that I did in San Francisco. And now I'm actually a founder of uh, House Community Space. Uh, which I guess we'll talk more about it, but it's uh, a co-working based in Belgrade, a co-working community in Belgrade. Before we go into the project, can you give us some context about the city? Uh, wh what do you like about Belgrade and why house mm. community? I think that the context of the city influenced the way house community exists at the moment. Absolutely. Can you tell me, can you tell uh, us in what ways? Um, well, I'll first answer a question of kind of what I love about Belgrade and I guess the reason why I decided to do house here. Um, so I think that besides the fact that Belgrade is a city where I was born, so obviously I have some <laughs> genetic connection to it and, uh, you know, genetic memory. <laughs> Um, it is, uh, it's a beautiful city and I think it's hugely underestimated actually, um, maybe that's a good thing because there are less tourists, but Belgrade is a really warm city and it's very welcoming and I love that you can really quickly and really easily feel at home here. And I, it's not just me saying it, but it's a lot of people that I know, um, you know, they would live for 20 years somewhere and then they would come here and on day two they already feel like it's their home uh, and they've never had that experience before. So Belgrade is very welcoming and very warm and the vibe that you have here is something that you cannot explain. Like I can never tell you like, oh, I like this building or I like this restaurant or whatever. Um, because it's just the vibe, it's the feeling that you have in the city and it's very, very unique. Um, so that's what I love most about Belgrade and obviously it's a combination of the way the city looks, the way the city smells, the way uh, people are and how they treat everyone. So um, that's about that and in terms of house and how it's actually ended up being here, uh, since I was here during Covid, 
and I wasn't really planning on staying here. I was always thinking I was going to go somewhere else, and I'm generally used to being in this state of uh, oh, I, I'll go live for a year here, or uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm like temporarily here. But it's committing. Yeah, well, it's not that it's not committing, but mm. it's always it just my life happened that way. I was mm. moved to Russia when I was five months, right? Mm. And oh uh, my parents kept saying, "Oh, we're gonna stay one more year here." Twenty mm. <laughs> years. Yeah, and it was twenty years. We never really bought a place in Moscow until after we all moved out there. Of there, mm. we never really gotten even our residency. We were always on visa there. And so uh, it, I never realized until afterwards that it created this uh, sense of temporary state for me for a very long time. And actually not knowing how it feels to, to be committed. So it's always like I'm afraid of commitment, but I just didn't know how, what that actually feels like. And I um, then lived in, I went to the US thinking I was going to study there for a year and I'm going to come back. And then I met my future now also ex-husband there. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I'll stay for a year. <laughs> I can see a pattern here. Okay. Exactly. And I kept going like, okay, well, you know, it's good for my career to be in Silicon Valley. So I'll stay one more year. And somehow eight years passed until I realized I really don't want to be here. And... I really don't like it there and I was going through a breakup and a divorce but that was also like oh well in two years I can get my citizenship so I've stayed for two more years and that's how I ended up staying for a total of 10 years in this temporary mindset uh, there and so that was my mindset when I was came, I came uh, to Europe thinking I was gonna find my permanent home but I wanted to travel around and see where. But COVID happened and it changed my plans, so I stayed uh, then in Belgrade. And Belgrade it was always great. I love Belgrade, but I never thought that this was gonna be temporary, uh, that, that was gonna be permanent. And so what I, you know, the longer I stayed, actually I realized I have less and less reasons to leave. Um, but what I actually needed was this, I guess, push from the universe, as you would say. And unfortunately, it was the war that started in Russia and Ukraine that um, changed, I guess, the trajectory of my life. And it's um, basically a lot of people that I know were affected by this in Ukraine, in Belarus, in Russia. And a lot of the people end up uh, leaving uh, and coming to Belgrade. And I was helping a lot of them. They were uh, staying in my apartment. They were working out of my apartment. <laughs> and uh, we joked that I have a co-living. <laughs> and it was a lot of like fun to be surrounded by other people in that situation because it was very stressful uh, for everyone. And somehow we were joking about the fact that I should start a co-working, but in the back of my head, I always had this desire to do something with all of the experience that I've had um, here. And I realized that this could be a unique opportunity where I could be a bridge between Russian-speaking countries and people um, because I have that experience. 
um, Serbian community because obviously I'm Serbian, I speak Serbian as well, and actually bring in that expertise and the network that I have from uh, back in Silicon Valley. And I realized that there are not a lot of people that have this combination of experiences and uh, that I must do something with this. And that's how I slowly, you know, it was put, something was like in, working in my head and I decided as a joke to talk to one of my friends um, and ex-colleagues about this idea and kind of how would I do it? How would I shape uh, um, a co-working space? And very quickly I realized that I'm not interested just in doing like a physical space, which I love by the way, like after being in tech and startup scene for a long time, I really wanted it to be like to do something with your hands, to actually meet people physically. The idea was very intriguing to me, but I realized that I needed this additional layer to it, which is community. and especially because I realized that if I didn't have that community of people who were you know, <laughs> living and working out of my apartment, <laughs> those few months would be very difficult for me. And I realized how helpful it actually is. Um, and so the idea was in my head that I would create the best looking space in Belgrade for work. It would be pleasant. It would not look like your typical, you know, industrial looking co-working. Uh, it will be inspiring, filled with natural light, and then that actually the main thing about it is that it's the gathering space, it's the ground zero for uh, a bigger community, for people to meet other people, like-minded people, to find their co-founders, partners, investors, friends. Uh, and honestly, like, the moment I decided that I want to do this, I was like, okay, well, then I have to make a decision that I'm staying here and staying in Belgrade. And I can't say that this was like, oh, immediately, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But for a few days, I was like, okay, this means I'm staying. And the moment I decided this, that I'm staying in Belgrade, I felt like the weight has lifted mm-hmm. off my chest nice. because I was like, I don't need to search anymore. <laughs> I don't need to think that or count and be like, oh, I've wasted another year here mm-hmm. instead of living in my permanent place. And I was like, where is this permanent place? And um, it doesn't, there was an element of fear of like deciding I'm staying in Belgrade for the rest of my life. But I realized that that's not the decision I'm making. It's very different to think I'm here now and I'm staying and I'm acting as if I'm staying permanently versus I'm staying for the rest of my life because things change and you need exactly. to be adaptable. Sorry, this was like a very long answer to, to the not question. Not necessary, but <laughs> yeah. necessary. Thank you so much. I can definitely say that you succeeded in the creating of a best looking place in Belgrade. Thank you. I mean, we will share the, uh, the photos of the place, but it's just so cozy. The The colors of the, of the walls are warm. There are the drapes of nice, co- it's just, everything is quite nice. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I want to pass the mic to Katya. How would you describe your project in one sentence? And also some kind of sub-question for me. Why it's word house in title? What mm-hmm. it means to you? Because it's not something typically related to, you know, 
this job uh, situation yeah. and working because house is something mm-hmm. like opposite of uh, yeah, being yeah. productive maybe yeah. i don't know um so it's interesting the question of like as describing it in one sentence so i think i would say um, obviously if i'm describing it to a person who is in the industry i would say that you know what we typically say is house and invite only co-working for startup IT professionals and creatives with a global mindset but uh, if I was explaining it to uh, you know people who are not from the industry I think I would just word it as it's the it's a great place where people can work and have fun and meet new people uh, and the reason it's a community rather than a co-working is that we are bringing in people who are um, ready to contribute as well as receive so they're not just looking to take they're also ready to give and then in terms of house and why it's named house so there are actually multiple reasons and actually this was the first thing that popped into my head (laughs) and I thought it was the best name ever uh, and the reason for it is, first of all, it's a very common phrase in Serbian language, mm-hmm. Yasamo means I'm in chaos. <laughs> and people say it on a daily basis at least mm-hmm. once. So like, if you, if you meet people in Serbia, um, the only other word that they use more often, and it's probably going to be a name for my next project, it's uh, <laughs> katastrofa, <laughs> <laughs> which is catastrophe. And... Um, the, so there, there are multiple things. So house, first of all, because it's this word that I thought it was funny that in Serbian, usually it means I'm just very busy, I, I, a lot going on. Um, and it's it's funny that it would be like, oh yeah, everyone would be saying I, I'm in house and it would feel like, oh, they're here with us. And... Um, Basically, the um, the other thing is, I know that you're saying like it's it's like this, it has this negative connotation. So I like the idea of playing on words and turning something that seems negative into positive. Especially because it felt like a lot of the stuff in my life back then was very chaotic, and I wanted something good to come out of it. Um, and then uh, I also like the fact that it's. Uh, sounds similar to a house mm. so it, it's it, it has this element of being your home your cozy place uh, safe place um, and of course there's something that came out after we already named it because these three things came into my head immediately but something afterwards when I was like reading more on like chaos theory and the fact that there is order in chaos as well, so it's it's just <laughs> we we use it as negative, but there's actually order and beauty mm. in it, and I do believe that a lot of beautiful things come out of chaos. So it that sort of formed into my head already after the name came up. Perfect. It sounds amazing. <laughs> Thank it, you. Like the name, um, especially when you were des- describing the the context to us, the name made perfect sense to me. Yeah. Because. I mean, giving your personal context, but also the world context. There was war, and there was pandemic, and lockdown, and everything just combined into this, and just something beautiful came out of chaos. 
yeah, but oh, so. exactly. But I think that it's often oftentimes uh, when you take a word that it's just a word, right? Mm-hmm. In the end, but it has this negative connotation. I like the idea of flipping it to have a positive, beautiful connotation to it. So, um, yeah, I I'm I'm very proud of our name. Even though I was in marketing before and I came up with a lot of different things before I don't think ever anything come, like came out as organically as this mm. actually to me can you tell us more about the like story behind the creation of house community space mm-hmm. and maybe other people who involved because you consider sure. yourself as the CEO or um, yeah. mother or I don't know maybe <laughs> some Founder. sort of name yeah marketing yeah. mother yeah. Yeah. yeah but you told us that there's a, yes. your other colleagues you have they also work at it yeah so uh, you know none of this would have been possible uh, actually if I didn't ha- get have help along the way and some people helped only in the beginning some people Uh, are now permanent members uh, of the team. Uh, obviously, you know, my um, chief operations officer is uh, Anastasia, and she uh, is a friend of actually of one of the... Uh, she's not a friend, sorry, she's a wife of one of my friends um, who I worked with, and he was actually one of the first people who came and lived in my co-living uh back when the war started and when she moved here to 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 meet him here uh we met and we we became friends but uh i don't know why i still don't know how it's happened but one day when i was thinking okay i'm doing the co-working i already looked for the space i had the architect help me do the initial like some plans and stuff and i was like okay well i need to actually start doing this <laughs> and I realized I need help and I was sitting in the evening and I just texted her and like we were not I would I would say we were not that close that I would know what the answer would be to this question mm-hmm. because uh, I I didn't know if she had any projects what she was working on and I just asked her I was like hey you know would you like to help me with a co-working and I mentioned this idea to her once like she knew As far as I was concerned, she didn't know much about what the idea was. And I thought that she was going to ask me more questions. She was going to maybe say, like, sorry, I'm busy or whatever. <laughs> But I just got back a text that said yes. <laughs> there was no exclamation point. There was no emoji. It was just yes. And no I was like, time to explain. Yes. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Get cool, okay. <laughs> And uh, hmm. I am so lucky that she did that because... I don't think it would have been possible for House to be born if uh, she didn't help. Uh, and if she was not, like, you know, she sat on every chair with me in Belgrade to make sure we get the best chairs. Uh, and, you know, she kept me calm when I was losing my mind. And it's only many months later I found, like, I found out that she was just equally as nervous when I was nervous. So mm. she really... <laughs> helped me uh and now she's a big big part of course of the of the team an integral part of the team so um she was the first person that uh really uh joined um but then actually the biggest help i got initially was also for my family so obviously my sister is our uh, main investor in this she invested a lot of the money uh into building house 
and she did it so silently so she mm -hmm. didn't question any you know any decisions I made uh, which is amazing and it's the best type of investor you can ask for <laughs> and then my dad and my mom they contribute with all the ideas my dad built several benches <laughs> in the space uh, nice. he found people to build me things here to uh, like actually if you point to a lot of the things in every room at house my dad had something to do with at least one element in that room and again I, I was just very lucky that I was surrounded by people who supported me along the way my friends my family uh, a lot of people really put an effort it was really a community effort before we even became a community uh, and of course I mean I could go on and on forever and forever talking about the people that are involved uh, now um, you know, the first person we also hired to be our like community and admin manager, she's still here, Milica, and from day one, she acted as if this was her business, you know, in the best way possible. She gives it at all, it's her all. And uh, I don't know, I, I'm incredibly lucky to be surrounded by people who really care and who really wanted to help and are keep helping me. So definitely wasn't all me. Perfect. It is. Um, yeah, you were you started to talk about the money, my yes. favorite topic, one of one of favorite yeah. topics before, besides food. Um, do you mind telling us? How, I mean, were your like friends and family uh, were were they the only investors, or did yeah. you go to the? No. Yes. Okay. So my sister is the only other investor. Mm, mm, mm. So can you tell us about the amount? Uh, if it's okay, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I can tell you what was the sort of ballpark in terms mm -hmm. of what we invested in the space. Um, there was a part of that that was invested by the building. How? Um, oh. uh, well, meaning that the the space itself was in a bad shape in mm. a way it was old it needed to be redone and if they were wanting to uh, re mm -hmm. to rent it they had to renovate parts mm -hmm. of it so mm -hmm. they did a lot of like for example a lot of the flooring they had to change they did that they, a lot of some stuff they updated and it was their cost uh, which was very lucky for me but also we removed a lot of the walls and uh, we did the big big um, renovation in the open space and the lounge uh, and w where the bar area is uh, so the ballpark of the investment was around 70 70 plus uh, thousand euros mm -hmm. do you have any idea or maybe you have some kind of uh, plan okay we're gonna pay off this investment at this point of time at, at this point yeah of time. so you know um, I had a different investor than my sister it probably would be harder uh, because I had initial projections for that I promised to my sister to like basically give her whole her whole investment back within the first year mm. uh, and then life happened where we decided we wanted to still invest some things back into the space we wanted to hire more people uh, things like that. So right now uh, our plan is that it would take us about a year and a half in the worst case scenario two years to completely pay off the investments back. But the thing is that it depends how you're looking because obviously 
um, part of this is going back. So if we were not investing going back, we would have already probably um, out of the business. Mm. Not out of the business. What I mean is, we would have already mm. uh, covered our really yes. Okay. We nice. were profitable from the first month. So oh my gosh! We didn't have that problem. Oh my gosh! Was it? Why? <laughs> I'm guessing it's because a lot of Russians, of course, and I think some Ukrainians moved here yeah. to Belgrade to Serbia. That's so. part of it, of course. Second is that there's a big problem with uh, co-working spaces mm-hmm. in Belgrade. There's not enough. Uh, uh, or the ones that, like, and the ones that are really good, they're definitely all full. The ones that, are, you know, that are left are not that nice. Uh, they don't have natural lights. They're, like, in the basement. They're small. Um, and then I think that people really value the power of the community. I mm-hmm. mean, most of the people that we have, at least, I don't know what's the baseline in the whole Serbia, but we see how many people come for our events, for example, and they really value the quality of the events that we have, uh, and they really want to talk to other people. So I think it's an, a combination of different factors. Not just say. the place. Yeah. It's really nice. For sure. Can you tell me, um, were you thinking or considering maybe other sources of uh, money getting, maybe community fundraising on Kickstarter or uh, something like that, or going to venture capitalists? Well, this is definitely not a venture story. Mm-hmm. So um, venture capitals, uh, they work on the assumption that you can get at least 10x mm-hmm. of their investment, and that would not be probably possible here. Um, definitely not because uh, co-working still is a marginal business in a way and yes you can make money you know by renting out for the events Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe certain things that I'm planning in the future that I can't really talk as much about but things around the accelerator and 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 help that would be to startups but Uh, you really need to like this business like I didn't go into this business really for the money it was never the money idea because if I wanted to make a lot of money I should have stayed in what I was doing before uh, and I uh, because I, I work and I still am an advisor to a lot of startups in the US um, and actually that, that's where I get a lot more income even um, that's why to me this business is really about giving back and so yes and it's something that I, I really believe in and it it can become a huge project there is some vision that I have for this project to be global and in that way it could mm. bring a lot more money but um, sorry I wanted to just go back to the mm-hmm. question that you had around uh, community fundraising and things like that mm-hmm. um, at some point we might consider it if we have a good idea and a good project for it um, I I don't know. I feel like um, it, it depends on our community, of course. I, I just want I would want it to be a project that they feel, you know, and uh, compelled to really to support instead of it just being our like oh when let's open next location or something like that. But that's a good idea. That's something that I keep as an option. So I know that venture funds are not an option. Community raising is something that I would be willing to more than so than some other ways of funding, probably. So if we like break down the ecosystem of, of how 
there is a community, there is a co-working space, but also you mentioned events. Can you tell us a bit more about this? Yes, so um, the idea is that events that we have here at House, they are broken into two categories. We have um, social events, like happy hours, um, wine tastings, mm. uh, <laughs> ceramic things like workshops, different things, game nights. Um, we also have, like, it's just for the community to get together. One of our most popular actually events is uh, house breakfast every Tuesday. That's mm. where we always order something new for breakfast and people come and chat and So the talk. food, the yes. food again. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, but obviously a big part of what we do are professional events and here my idea is to really try and raise the bar on the events that are done here but also bring in the experts from uh, outside of Serbia to help people here with like how to run a startup uh, how to promote a startup like marketing sales product experts uh, to really help them uh, start thinking bigger and develop their startups in a way that American startups are being built. Um, so I think that that's the that's something that I'm like really proud of. But we're still on the way. Only there, like mm -hmm. we're not yeah. yet done. Um, I just want to like have a moment here to say that there are these people who are calling themselves learning experience designers. Mm -hmm. So it's just that the, th the things you were saying in the last sentence are really in line with what learning experience mm -hmm. designers do. So basically um, creating educational workshops, educational formats, uh, but also um, making new new methods, new teaching mm -hmm. strategies. So there are a lot of things. Yeah. Maybe you would be interested going into that. Uh, and if we like uh, quickly, oh my, not maybe not quickly touch on the on the topic of uh, target audience or mm -hmm. the audience that you have here, because I know that there are a lot of Russian-speaking people just going around the halls, around the corridors. I can hear a lot yeah. of Russian language, but also the first time we were here, uh, we went out and it was like, oh my gosh, somebody is speaking French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got too excited because, uh, yeah, I got too excited. I really want to, wanted to talk to them, but I'm too, too shy yeah, yeah. Uh, about my French. So can you tell us how, who? So, uh, uh, so when I was saying that we are, tar so we're targeting like startup mm -hmm. IT mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. but with a global mindset. So mm -hmm. people who are doing projects for global, um, markets mm -hmm. and then also people who potentially lived in different countries or like digital nomads things like that uh, people like that let's say it's like that better but uh, my my it's not like I have this idea that there is like this only specific target audience I don't know maybe because I'm a marketer it it rubs me the wrong way because it's it assumes that there is uh, this ideal client profile and we do interview people and we uh, try to understand if they fit our vibe uh, and as I said to me the biggest thing is how important and how much do they understand actually what community is about mm. and whether they are really thinking of how they could contribute and what they could do instead of just thinking about themselves and like what they need what they want and um, 
it is we try to foster this idea of people um, being helpful, being self-sufficient, uh, you know, curious. There are certain like values that I think are important. In terms of like how that actually translates into who is an actually currently in our community, yes, we do have a lot of Russians because the way we've we've started when the war started and a lot of the people came in here and I think a lot of Russians are very common with the concept of co-working and open space more so than Serbian people mm-hmm. actually so I think that that's part of it uh, we do have a lot of Serbians here actually uh, I do notice that they're less active in the community mm-hmm. because they have a lot of more some of them have families they have obligations and people in Serbia are generally more like they'll spend more time with their family than they would spend with their friends and like co-workers um, and we do have a lot of digital nomads so as as yes you rightly said we have French people we have uh, Mexicans we have a lot of Americans uh, now we have also here like a Swiss guy um, well so we had like a few Austrians we, 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 we get people from all over really just like last group we uh, last week we had a big group from um, they were like ev- from everywhere they were from Argentina from US from uh, Mexico like they were from a bunch of different places actually and they were sitting here for a whole week uh, and they were super nice <laughs> and I really love that I really love meeting new people um, so yeah I would say that we're attracting a certain kind of vibe and a certain kind of value system uh, and that just in the end attracts a lot of very diverse people it's like you're traveling without going anywhere yeah yeah I just wanted to follow up on uh, this story about your like ideal or preferable commuters I don't know what the word exactly um But can you maybe give us a few examples or stories you like about the people actually contributing? Maybe if there's the French people, maybe they give, I don't know, French lessons or awesome. or they doing their businesses that somehow can be helpful to the mm. others. And maybe they share, I don't know, like maybe premium subscriptions for free or yeah. they just... Uh, I don't know, gave uh, some sort of idea. Yeah, we have a lot of this actually from uh, things like where our resident from Mexico made guacamole for everyone and brought them <laughs> here to things like we have uh, Nemanja, who's a founder, co-founder, uh, founder of a startup called Idea Buddy. It's like similar to Miro in a way, but slightly, mm. slightly different. And he offered a free subscription for people at house. It's um, we have this partnership um, program, and so he became he decided to become part of our our partnership program to give it to people at house. But also this helps him, of course, get them feedback for his product. And as a startup, that's super important. Um, we have uh, just last week we had. Um, Uh, another startup uh, here they call, they're called Actum they're in uh, chat bot space uh, chat AI space they came to us and they were like hey we know you do a lot of events We would uh, they were awesome can we somehow contribute we would love to do an event on conversational AI and they did organize their own event here we had about 40 people 
uh, and they bought uh, champagne and uh, <laughs> uh, raspberries or strawberries. Do they come visit these directly to you, or you have some sort of type form, like bring your ideas here, or you discuss it maybe in some chat? Do you have some mm-hmm. a way to connect people by themselves, or so we have a um, we have a Slack um, account that we use for everyone. That's how everyone uh, introduces themselves, talks. That's how we do the main announcements. We of course also have our Telegram account, but uh, Telegram ch- um, group, but it's more one-way uh, communication where we're sending information about the events uh, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most of the time, they, they communicate in Slack. Um, they can Slack us, but oftentimes they just come up to me or they come up to somebody from our team and bring up the ideas. So yeah. And we like one thing that we do is every um, three we three months we push out a survey to ask how they like the facilities, how they like the community, what they like about what they didn't like, what they don't like, and if they have any suggestions. And sometimes people bring up some ideas that they could do there as well. Awesome. Um, I wanted to, there's this interesting word which I think in, in Serbian, which I think is fascinating to almost any foreigner who comes to, uh, I mean, besides Rakia, there is this word Polako, uh-huh. and can you tell us a little bit more, explain what it is, but my question is, does this Polako mentality, does it slip somehow into running a business here? Does it a- affect uh, you and your so work? You know, it's funny when you say this because I, I noticed that the Russian community made this word Polako into something as like um, a <laughs> mentality. Yeah. And uh, believe me, Serbians would not understand what really? you mean at all. It's not, uh. it's not a thing. It's not like... And actually, I recently had a very funny conversation with a Serbian friend of mine because Serbian people from Belgrade... Mm do not think of themselves as, you know, slow. So Polako means, like, slowly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, easy. Uh, and um, Serbians in Belgrade think exactly what you think about Polako uh, here, about, like, other places out in outside of Serbia. So you go, like, in the villages or... You go to Montenegro and they're like, oh my God, they're so slow. Why? It's impossible. <laughs> it's crazy. And everyone, and even Novi Sad. So like Novi Sad is considered to be like slow. And so uh, Serbians, when they're describing other places in Belgrade or when they're describing like other Southern countries, they think that they are like super efficient, super fast, and they don't see it at all that way. So... I would just be careful also, like, because it's... Um, I think it's because I, I live in Novisad and I hear that often. Uh, they say they use it as a word, but it's mm. not meant... As, it's not a concept. It's mm. not a, 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 I see. a mentality thing. I see. Uh, Polako is literally, like, means easy, you know, like, mm-hmm. we'll like deal it with it. Mm-hmm. But it's... Serbians do not think of themselves that way. They mm-hmm. do not see... Okay. What you're ta- talking about, they don't. Uh, they actually consider themselves to be very active, to be very fast, efficient, 
uh, and they like to complain about how everything is slow because they're like it's not good um, and that's why people often say polacco because it's kind of like a countering to when people are feeling frustrated you know and so it's like oh it's easy easy take it easy and I think that um, so I would say that uh, to me it's at first it was like really funny it's still funny when people like from Russia you know say this because I think that after going from like a huge city like Moscow or St. Petersburg you come here of course it's a slower pace of life um, but I feel like it's necessary for people to really relax I would say that and probably to answer to your question it's not like that mm -hmm. because for mm -hmm. me because mm -hmm. I'm not the best um, uh, embodiment of Polacco. <laughs> uh, I grew up in Moscow and then I lived in the US and US is worse so I'm relaxed compared to what I was in the US like but this is my maximum level of relaxation <laughs> and yet uh, we joke in our team that we are super all of us are slightly neurotic and we have our own OCDs on things like that. And at the same time, I think that that's our secret sauce here. It's not, um, we're not frustrated in terms of angry, being angry all the time, but we care so much about things and we care about doing them quickly. And I'll just give you an example of how not Polacco we are. Whenever, like, especially in the beginning, whenever there was like a delivery of some furniture or like even irrelevant things me and Nastya would be like we would stop important things we were doing to go and open the box we're like we need to open this box immediately now and uh, we as a team do things really really fast and really you know at a certain speed and annoys annoys me when we don't but it's important for me to, because I feel like it, it shows that we care in terms of like answering emails as promptly as possible being efficient, doing events, and not, uh, not trying, not basically taking short shortcuts. Because in a lot of times, what I see in Serbian that is is going to be my criticism of Serbian in a way. Mm. It is good that people are relaxed in certain ways, and they're like, chill, just chill. You know, it's okay. In certain cases, it's good, but in professional uh, situations, mm -hmm. it leads to slacking. It leads mm -hmm. to people doing good enough uh, things and it's okay for certain things you can just do be good enough but if you want to build something that doesn't exist if you want to uh, grow and if you want to do something really cool it can't be good enough and uh, I think that it's for me I'm looking for this balance because I'll I'll explain when I like, when I came from US mm -hmm. uh, for it was like I was I didn't move yet here but I came and I went to see with my friend and I was still in this neurotic San Francisco mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. where you're constantly like thinking tempo. somebody mm -hmm. is gonna attack you somebody's <laughs> gonna say something and you're always like defending oh yourself you know mm -hmm. like this and we were sitting with my friend um, in a bar and we drank one bottle of wine and then we also asked for two more glasses and then they started closing and they were already like mopping the floors and my friend she, the whole time she's talking to me and I'm sitting there and the whole time the thought in my head is like 
it's so we need to leave they're closing we need to go they're oh my god they're gonna come now and they're gonna say we need to leave and it's so uncomfortable and i get so anxious i am an anxious person obviously <laughs> but i i'm like anxious and i see the person walking towards me and i already am prepared to be like sure 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 no worry we're leaving we're almost drinking to yes mm-hmm. and he comes towards to us and i already want to start saying no worries we're leaving he's like hey, you know what? We have uh, exactly two more glasses of this wine left in the bottle. Do you want it on the house? <laughs> on the house. <laughs> he, yes. And I I just melted into the chair and I was like, ah, I am in Serbia. And in that way, it felt amazing. This, this idea of um, personal relationship, mm-hmm. being nice, mm-hmm. that service, it's like, yeah, they're gonna stay a little bit longer. They're cleaning, uh, but they want they they like the fact that we're talking and they appreciate that our relationship is cool. Uh, we're we have something obviously important to talk about. So why not for us to also enjoy more wine? And in that sense, of course, it's better and it makes you your quality of life better. But in terms of in business, I think that I cannot. Mm-hmm. I really am not that type of person. I cannot mm-hmm. afford mm-hmm. it, and I don't mm-hmm. like it on my team either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my thank you. Answer. Thank you for clarifying that, and thank you. And I'm sorry if I crossed the line somehow. No, or no, 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 no. It's just that I know that. I mean, uh, sometimes when people, I have like different. Um, Oh, I say I have a mix of ethnicities in me. Mm-hmm. So I've heard a lot of stereotypes about different. Uh, about my different I- ethnicities and the most annoying thing not the specific words they're using to describe like any ethnicity or nation or nationality mm-hmm. but the generalization mm-hmm. okay you're all this yeah, and this yeah. all that and that you're all drinking vodka you're all yeah. Nudo, you're all I don't know what else but yeah I do uh, just to clar- maybe clarify a little bit uh, when I but I do I do understand um, that it can be it can be annoying and it can be a little bit frustrating to be like generalized like that. Uh, when I say Polako, I mean not uh, in terms of business and not in terms of work, because I pro- probably because I never like before this project that we are making right now and like talking to you, we've never had I've never had an opportunity to to work for a Serbian company or to work with Serbian people. Um, uh, I meant more about yeah this approach like relaxed approach and more prioritizing of the of the personal life and of the um just like work-life balance yeah yeah work-life balance and just Mm -hmm. okay this is more important and in other um and if you want to enjoy this more important stuff which is family and friends and family and friends and and close ones uh you need to take the polak approach you cannot do the effective okay you have to be productive with your like spending time with your but maybe not maybe not no it's funny uh Mm. because when you say this what reminds me of that uh so we work from nine to eight which is uh, i think decent work hours um and in the the beginning a lot of the russians were very upset about our working hours and they're like why you should make it longer whatever and i was like yeah well uh, we're a small team and right now we cannot do this and um, every you know first few months we were like forcing people to leave at eight 
Uh, well, first we were asking them nicely, <laughs> but <laughs> it was funny that one day this guy, one of our residents, was like, "This is like a, a add-on feature uh, with a co-working mm-hmm. work-life balance. Mm-hmm. The fact that you, you, we have to leave, and you're probably not going to work by the time you come back home. Mm-hmm. If you wouldn't have any restrictions on this building, on the space, on money, what would you do for?" this developing maybe more than community space or you would add some sort of additional parts of the place itself just what would you like to do in I your mean, imagination my big, my big vision for house is to become a, a soho house for startups globally oh so that's my uh, dream is to build uh invite only like membership only community with a physical space uh globally for startups mm-hmm. so it would be uh, amazing looking really premium furniture nice location uh it probably i wouldn't do it necessarily even like in the like the biggest like metropolitan areas like new york or london i would focus on where startups go uh like digital nomads go um and do like i don't portugal now it's also you know dubai armenia mm-hmm. asia um but i would also do us and and other parts of europe but i feel like um i want to be the one like the most helpful community globally for founders Mm-hmm. Uh, and for them, you know, like for being a founder is such a lonely uh, place to be. We're like, here. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> no, 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 not, not no, no, necessarily no, for it. me. But it's mm-hmm. like for for start like being a startup founder, you on one way cannot sh- you, you 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 can't really talk about your vulnerabilities a lot because you're you kind of have to keep this like fake it till you make it approach. But at the same time, you really want to talk to people who are going through the same thing that you are. And I see this, and I see that there are a lot of online communities for founders. But I think there is this magic that happens when you are working in this one place, and you meet somebody, and some new ideas come out of it, new businesses come out of it. Um, I see it even in our space right now. And imagine if you do this on a global scale. So uh, that is my big vision, if I didn't have any limitations. And I'm hoping... I'm not going to have any limitations.